Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we talk about the human that is you, bringing the best human into this world, the best you that you can be. Who is that? How do you show up as a human being that is doing amazing things right in your little corner of the world. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean curing cancer, although maybe you are somebody working on curing cancer. But what it does mean is showing up as the best version of who you are while it's called today to bring your best human in this world. What are you doing to be the best you that you can be? Thanks for joining me. I'm so grateful to have you here with us. I appreciate every minute that we get to spend together here on the radio. I love having this impact in your life, reaching out and spending time together, doing the things that help us all live as thriving entrepreneurs. Maybe you own a business. Maybe your company is a Fortune 50 company. Maybe it's a brand new startup. It's your cute little baby business that you're so excited about and you just don't even know where it's going to go, but you're so excited for the future. Or maybe you're just simply busied about being the CEO of the business of your life. That's right. Even just spending the time showing up as the best you that you can be in this world. That's an amazing way to live as a thriving entrepreneur. All of us are entrepreneurs and all of us are human beings here in this world. How do we be your best human in this world? Who is your best human in this world? What does that even mean? What does it mean to be human? Well, I think part of it, and we've got some great guests here that are going to help us with the parts of us. Because at the end of the day, and I love this, I remember still when Sid Bauman taught it to me, when we can learn the secret of learning to control what we can and don't worry about what we can't control, we can find empowerment in this world because we can make ourselves better. We can approach the way that we respond rather than react to others better, but we can also live as the best that we can be. That's really what it means to be human. It's not about being robotic where you don't have thoughts or feelings or even things that hurt you, but more so it's about always giving that grace. We use that word grace so um, religiously. And really, I want to just challenge you to think of grace as just simply, hey, I've blown it. And so when somebody else in my life blows it, I want to give them, that's right, grace to be able to move forward, to not be held accountable for all of the things that they've done, because I hope the next time I screw up, maybe there will be in turn some grace coming back to me. And yeah, sure, there's a bunch of religious uh, overtones to the word grace, but I think if we just simply focus on living in a world where we as human beings make mistakes, but then we say we're sorry, we move forward, 
We do better. We know better. We are better. We be the best human in this world that we can be while it's called today. We let tomorrow take care of itself. We apologize for anything that we did less than our best from yesterday. And then we move on. Now there's going to be people in our life who don't want us to move on, who want to hold our feet to the fire of yesterday, but that can't be changed. It is now what it is, and it's going to always have been what it was, but we can be better today. We can learn and thrive and grow into everything that makes us the very best that we can be, and then we can be your best human in this world. And more than that, we can live as a thriving entrepreneur. I've got three really amazing guests that I'm so excited to bring to you today as we talk about your best human in this world and we help you discover just what that means for you. Join me in welcoming Cindy Ricker. Hey, Cindy, how you doing today? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. And you? I'm doing good. Thanks. Excited about your book and all the cool things that are happening with this. Uh, and the book is called The Cleaner Planet Playbook. But before we jump into your book, tell us just a little bit about you. Oh, let's see. I, uh, I call myself by day. I, I uh, work um, as a satellite systems engineer, try to keep people entertained and connected uh, while they're in the air flying. And then um, I would say by night, I, uh, I have a smattering of, of uh, passions, mostly around um, health and fitness. So I really uh, try to advocate for people's health. I advocate for my own family's health. And while doing that, I think that we can all take small steps to um, improve our health while also helping to improve our environment um, and the planet. It, it really just takes some small things to, uh, to get ahead quickly, especially when everyone works together. Mm, absolutely. So a cleaner planet, and you talk about the fact that it not only makes for a cleaner environment, but for better health for us. Um, talk a little bit about that for a second. How does having a cleaner planet help us also live healthier? So I think in a lot of respects, um, uh, we have made great technological advancements. I'm, I'm part of that, right? I'm, I, I work in engineering. Um, towards, you know, let's say better food production, better packaging, I would say improving um, uh, really the quality of life, especially in the U.S., but also in other parts of the world um, where, you know, there's a lot of pushes for clean water and again, um, helping people learn how to grow their own food. But there is a little bit of a downside to some of the technology that has come with some of our modern farming and packaging practices. So one of them is we use a lot of chemicals now in, in big farming. And so those run off into our water supply. Those impact our health. Many of those things we don't even think about. We, um, we spray our agricultural products with a lot of chemicals to keep a lot of pests and also bacteria and fungi away. But we then end up consuming all those. So downstream of that, um, I think that that's really impacting uh, human health. Uh, and then the other big part for me is I, I really entered this journey of being embarrassed into understanding that we have created a ton of plastic pollution on this body or on this planet, um, and it impacts our bodies. And uh, the way that it does that is, you know, we you may not think that that plastic uh, water bottle uh, laying in the street or, or floating in the water really impacts you but it does in a couple of ways. One is it breaks down into microplastics. Um, 
fish uh, and other marine life eat those microplastics. We eat those fish. On average, we eat about one, um, the, essentially one credit card a week, which is about five grams of plastic. And then there's also a, um, a less seen uh, impact of that um, plastic pollution. And that is plastic leaches chemicals out into our beverages, our foods and everything else. And so if we have something stored long-term in plastic, and then if that plastic is exposed to heat, things like PFAS chemicals um, leach out into those plastics, which have now been proven to show that it causes all of these other types of health impacts, anything from, you know, dermatology, dermatology type issues like eczemas or rashes, uh, right down to hormone disruption, um, you know, creating uh, different types of, uh, you know, long-term illnesses and impacts. It, you know, it's also been linked to things like um, hormone disruption that prevents us from having a good metabolism. So it's really like this this wide subject that branches out and uh, can create numerous impacts. I mean, even plastic pollution in the ocean can prevent like sea kelps pr from producing oxygen, which you think, well, does that impact me if I live uh, in the Midwest? It certainly does because 70% of, you know, earth's oxygen is, is produced by our three quarters of uh, surface area of water. So um, you can go deep in any one of these subjects. And uh, uh, unfortunately, you know, for some of my friends, I tend to do that. So um, that just kind of gives you the highlights for today. Absolutely. Um, I always think about the every time I drink out of a plastic water bottle, because I walk around with one constantly, um, I do recycle them. So, um, you know, you can kind of be held happy for me with that one. But, um, uh, you know, it's the concept of in water filtration, you know, because we want the purest water possible, right? You know, we don't want icky tasting water. But in water filtration, they talk about the fact that the cleaner you make the water, the quote unquote hungrier it becomes, meaning that you have to put it in not plastic containers because it will literally, as you said, leach the uh, materials right out of the plastic. Actually, I had a friend of mine that had a bunch of water stored and she went into the closet or whatever it was stored in. Um, and she said there was water leaked all over the place. And I said, well, what did you have in it? She said, well, I had this water and I ran it through this filtration and blah, blah, blah. And then I put it in those plastic jugs. And I was like, yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> it literally ate its way out of the jug. <laughs> yeah, and it can. And, you know, it, you know, I love filtered water. We use filtered water here. I, I like it at any level, whether it's uh, um, your, you can even make your own carbon a filtration water system from a piece of activated charcoal, like a, which is also like a piece of burnt up coconut. And uh, you can reuse it over and over. Um, and, and that gets you to some level of degrees, but it's really, there, there, there is a scale at which um, you can change the composition of your water. And it's very interesting what you say, because, you know, as you do take things away, the water is going to find another way to absorb things back into it. Yeah, I like inert containers. Uh, we we tend to have a, a ton of stainless steel, um, you know, around here. My husband also he loves his plastic water bottles, but now I've I've got them into a regular rotation. Right, uh, don't store it long term in there. It's good. I mean, plastics on the you know good for on the go. I did hear of a funny um, 
oh blurb from a comedy piece on HBO over the weekend, and the and the uh, comedian um, was talking about a number of I would say oddities in human behavior that have emerged over the last ten years. But one of them was he says, and when was it that we all decided that we all had to drink water out of plastic bottles? Which I thought was really kind of amusing because it's true, you know. If if uh, if you went in the wayback machine and and you you told your parents or something that you know twenty years from now we're all going to be drinking, uh, we're all going to be buying our water in these plastic bottles, and it's going to take you know five hundred dollars of your budget at a minimum per year to do that, they'd look at us like we were insane. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but tap water in some places isn't the best either. You know, we've heard oh. stories about that. That's why, you know, I am, I'm a huge advocate um, for water filtration. I love to hear that you do that, Steve. So. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's the Cleaner Planet playbook, yes. um, meaning that it's, you know, gives us some instructions and some practical things we can do. They got to get the book in order to learn all of the things. But give us one tip that's something really practical that just the average person could do and have to go crazy or anything like that they can just do and it will make the planet a cleaner and better place to live so my uh my my favorite um go-to right now which is um easy frictionless doesn't cost you anything and works really well is something called the ecosia browser so that's E-C-O-S-I-A. And it's not really a browser, it's just a search engine. So whether you use Firefox, Chrome, Safari, um Bing, you know, any of those platforms, if you were to just install this search engine, which works really well, um, and it doesn't mean you have to give up your Google or anything else that you use, uh, what it does is it plants trees. Every, so um, one thing that sits behind all of these browsers that um, a lot of people don't know, and especially search engines, and Google is, is the big one, is that pretty much for every click, there's a transaction, and it's money can be fractions of a penny. So the transaction behind the Ecosia browser is that advertisers pay them money for every click. They take that money and they plant trees. So trees are good. Um, it's better if we don't clear our planet of trees, but that's happening rapidly. Um, we don't get quite the efficiency out of replanting, but if you um, have concerns about climate change, um, you know, carbon in our atmosphere, uh, if, if that is one of the issues that really speaks to you, I like this because it takes a couple of seconds. You install it on your browser. You can use it on any of your platforms, whether it's a phone, tablet, um, laptop or desktop unit. And you can just watch every day. It, it brings me joy, right? Because it just has a running tab of based on the clicks that they get, the money that they earn, and they put that back into planting trees. And spell that for us again. E-C-O-S-I-A dot org. Love it. All right. Well, there's a new search engine for you to use that is yeah, probably so actually Google with just a face on front of it, really. Well, I always, uh, what I like to call it is as a way to plant trees without getting your hands dirty. <laughs> Or just go out and buy some trees and plant them, you know, I mean, yeah, that's good too. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I do really like the the back planting idea, um, mostly because it uh, the downstream effect is um, we have better air, which we need. We can only last about four minutes without without air to breathe. So it's one of those uh, those Maslow needs in life. 
So a person needs to go to Amazon right now and get the Cleaner Planet Playbook, a guide to being a helpful human on Earth. Um, give us just kind of a little taste of the journey you're going to take them on when they get that book. Okay. So yeah, great question. So uh, in the epilogue, I begin with how I started my journey. Again, I, I mentioned I, I got horribly embarrassed uh, after talking to a surfer in Hawaii. Hawaii in 2018 had had these like just immense rains and uh, even homes washed into bays. Um, and, you know, I found this rubber buoy, which took me to a, ga- a, a surfer art gallery and a long conversation with a guy who, you know, basically schooled me on something called the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which, you know, being a tech technologist and someone who I thought was well read and pretty aware was just shocking to me. Um, and so then I think about um, I, I take you on the journey of uh, really uh, what, uh, what are problems and how do you solve them and give you some easy ways and, and why I wrote the book that I did. And that is to basically look at a problem, break it down, and what simple steps can you do? I found that there are four areas of, of your life where you can take these simple steps. One is the food that you eat, um, body care products, uh, things that you have in your home, and how you live your life. So when you get into the playback playbook section, which starts after chapter four, I basically break things down. Oh, are you worried about um, uh, chemicals that leach into your food? Well, if you are, here's some plays that you can make. And I call it a playbook because I, I have things that I break down into, you can do things on offense, meaning getting ahead of the problem, or you can do things on defense, meaning protecting you and yourself and your family against certain problems. And I also try to also in- include some of our furry friends and the how you protect your, your family. Because one of the things that I learned, for example, in your home is that um, many of your uh, textile covered items in your home, let's say your couch or your carpet, will come with a flame retardant um, uh, embedded in the fibers themselves. And there was something that I learned about called cat wasting syndrome. So if you have a cat, your cat can actually become very ill from new materials that you bring into your house. One way to mitigate that is um, if you're going to have new carpet installed, ask that it be stored outside for three days before it gets installed. A lot of that stuff outgasses before it ever gets into your home. Um, and then after your home, um, uh, you know, I'll flip back to body, ton of body care products, just because it's in a health food store, or grocery store or somewhere else doesn't mean that it's good for you. Our, our Food and Drug Administration does not really monitor uh, what's in um, some of our body care products uh, compared to, let's say, the EU. We The U.S. is very far um, behind in terms of things that we monitor. We monitor like on items on order of a thousand in the UK um, and the EU. I think they uh, um, reject about 11,000 different uh, chemicals uh, that can be put on the body. And then, um, yeah, it is. Uh, and some of those things are in the home too. And then getting down to lifestyle, this is like the super personal choice, in my opinion. Um, for me, I would love to drive an electric car. Um, they are very expensive. Uh, I find that for my mission and how I use a car, they're not quite there yet. Um, I live in a climate in the desert southwest with temperatures in the summer over 110 degrees Fahrenheit. So even though an electric car may say it has a range of 300 miles, once you have the AC on, that pretty much gets cut in half. I'm kind of looking towards a hybrid space. So I try to treat that with, you know, here's a bunch of different things that you can do with your travel. 
um, with your entertainment um, where you can make those choices. Again, break it down. You got some offensive things, some defensive things. And I use all those quick hits to basically say, um, like the Akosia uh, search engine, if you want to do something fast today, just go do this. Right. And that's really how I'm trying to approach it. You don't have to do, you don't have to sell everything, go and live in a yurt in the desert uh, and become an, a completely off grid person. I really, again, believe that it's it's not going to take a few people doing things perfect. It's going to take millions of us doing them imperfectly. And together, um, those small steps lead to results. Tons of studies um, that basically say, you know, how incremental improvement um, really helps us uh, solve some problems. Then beyond um, those uh, four chapters uh, that have the plays per se, then I, I launch into a section that basically says, here's a whole group that are doing good, right? If you want to support one of these companies, these companies are, are doing good in the world. Um, they're still out there. They are selling products. They're making money, but just doing it a little bit more sustainably. And uh, I hope for business owners that that gives you ideas. I also have a whole section in there for, um, you know, if you're a parent and, and you're involved with um, kids club teams, you know, different things that you can do, different actions that you can take. Again, small things. You know, I, I look back at when, uh, so I have a college age daughter. Now I look back at when she was a child and um, in grade school and the school said, oh yeah, you need to bring 24 plastic water bottles. I think I would reject that now. And I would either choose to do something else or do it a different way. And then um, lastly, I, I launch into my last section because I love small steps. I love patterns. But then I think that my hope is with the whole text itself is that this will inspire you to think about things that are very personal to you, very meaningful to you, and things that you can start doing yourself. Um, I do have a, a story about a young group of kids that I just talked about um, with a book in a, a group setting. And it was one of those where, well, we're going to have this meeting. Um, what can we do to make sure that all of the plates and utensils are compostable can and can be reused again? And then what can we do with all of the leftover food? So again, and a lot of times at events, I just watch people dump it just dump food into trash cans. And so no, we took it all up, we gathered it and we took it down to um, one of the local food shelters, you know, with a few of the kids. So again, these are small little things, but they build upon one another. And then what I really like about the action of community is that once people watch you doing it, I mean, cause sometimes it's like fear of embarrassment or something else. Let's normalize, you know, reusing things. Let's normalizing doing things more sustainably and it's going to catch on. Absolutely. Well, and one thing you can do right now today, I put the link in the comments, go and get for free the Cleaner Planet Playbook, a guide to being a helpful human on earth by Cindy Recker. Cindy, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Steve, thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. The thing I love best about what Cindy does is she's just simply focused on what can be done today. What are the things that I can control and not worrying about the things that I can't control? If I can make my world a better place, if I can do my best while it's called today, I can make the world that I live in a better place. And after all is said and done more than anything, that's what I believe it means to live as a thriving entrepreneur. And I do hope if you haven't gotten it yet, you will grab the book. 
we are going to take a quick commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. (laughs) Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we talk about your best human in this world. What can you do to be the best you, to be able to reach for the things that you want in life, accomplish the things that you dream of and that you have set as goals for yourself? How can you make your world a better place? How can you make your life a better place for you to live in? How can you be your best human in this world? I hope you picked up some things from the first segment, and now we're going to move on to our next guest, and we're going to learn a bit more about how to be the best human we can be in this world here on Thriving Entrepreneur. So let's jump into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Andrew Gottlieb. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve. It's great to be here. It's so good to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. Sure. Maybe I can share uh, a goal I'm working on and how I feel like this represents the the person I want to be, if that's cool. Yes, absolutely. So I played uh, college soccer. Um, I finished after my sophomore year. I actually decided uh, not to play my junior and senior uh, season. And uh, when 2020 hit, I felt like I needed a carrot to dangle over my head to keep my insanity with everything that was going on in the world. And something that uh, I came back to was getting back into soccer playing form uh, after not playing for a pretty long extended period of time. It was about eight years. Um, That was my North Star, getting up early, having a clear structure regimen and a, a goal Uh, that I said, if we ever get out of this craziness of 2020, um, I'm going to go and fulfill a childhood dream of trying out for a pro soccer team. Um, I did that in February 2021. I tried out for uh, the San Diego Loyal, their team in the USL. Uh, Locally, I live in San Diego. Uh, And the aim of that was not to actually make the team, which was a a 0.0001% chance, I always say. It was very much around the process and everything I learned uh, through that experience. And fast forward now to 2023, um, I'm going to be going back at it again and trying out for a team in a few weeks. And I 
feel like the attributes that uh, I learned in this process is how I want to show up in the world, which is very much based around uh, determination, resiliency, uh, and doing stuff that scares you. Mm, I like that. So um, when you do that, um, how do you find that adding that daily regimen, if you will, back into your life impacts your daily, uh, you know, just your regular life in general, as well as your work? I would say for work, I can't mess around with unimportant stuff, whether it's meetings, whether it's uh, being able to properly delegate out to people. Um, I have a pretty set agenda of what goes on in my life from the time I wake up at 4.45 to when I clock out at work at 6. Uh, so I can spend some time with my fiance um, post-work hours. And I uh, have to eliminate anything that's not pushing me towards my goals. Uh, and it's it's a good practice of focusing in on the stuff that's actually important and that's moving you forward in the direction of the life you want to create. So it brings up a good question though. Um, and maybe you dealt with some of this before you made that goal in your life. How do you really decide what kind of life do I want to create? Sure. Um, that's a great question. I would say there's a program. There's two programs I'm involved with right now that I think are great ways to go through that discovery process. Uh, the first is called Lifebook. So Lifebook is a program that walks you through, I, I want to say it's 12 different dimensions of your life, anything ranging from career, spirituality, parenting, health and wellness. There's probably eight more. So uh, I'm just blanking on in this moment. Um, and through some written exercises, some questions, some self-reflection, it is a great way to get clear on how you want to live a holistically great life. Um on the other side, uh, I want to say the other side, there, there's another program uh, I'm involved with right now, and it's called the Bodger Life Resonate Program from Jesse Itzler. Uh, and it's a different approach to it. And what he does with this big calendar he sends to you um, is to put one big goal on your calendar for 2023 that is going to scare you. And then simultaneously put six mini adventures, experiences, whatever you want to call it throughout the year that are going to excite you to do something new and different and push your comfort zone. So, you know, you set yourself really big goals um, that are stretches for you. What do you do then when you don't reach them? You know, that is a lesson um, Jesse teaches in his program that it's around the the effort and what you learn in that process and not be so attached to the outcome. Um, an example of that would be for me uh, going to this trial in a few weeks. Uh, I'm not attached by any means of actually making the team. It's maybe it's even decreased from when I said it was a 0.0001% chance two years ago, uh, two years older, they're not looking for 33 year olds to join the team. Um, it's around uh, the effort, the process and the learnings I'm going through of, of being ready for that and uh, being able to compete and hold my own that day of the experience. And, uh, you know, I could show up and just play terrible um, for hours on end, embarrass myself and uh, be asked to leave the trial. That's probably the worst case scenario that would happen. And if that's what happens, um, I'm content. And uh, if, if that's 
what happens that day because I I know I've done everything in my power in the last 90 days to show up as good as I can. If as good as I can isn't good enough, um, I can live with that. Mm, I love that. And um, I know the name of your company is No Typical Moments. Tell us a little bit about what that whole concept of having no typical moments means to you. Sure. So the name of the organization uh, was inspired by a book I read uh, a long time ago called Way the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. And what happens in the book is Dan's mentor, uh, he calls him Socrates, tells him to go and sit on a car and he can't return until he comes back and tells him what the meaning of life is. And he has all these cliche sayings and blah, blah, blah. And eventually he comes back and says, life has no ordinary moments. Um, And when I read that, it made a profound impact on the way I was seeing the world as a college student who was partying too much, uh, who was living for the weekends and being able to find more joy and happiness in the simplicity of life. Um, And that uh, I essentially went to Google uh, as I didn't want to plagiarize the name of uh, that quote and discovered no typical moments would be a good substitute. Um, And that's always been the ethos of the organization uh, and uh, essentially uh, the inspiration of wanting to build a company that's making a positive impact in the world, which reflects in the clients we onboard as a marketing agency and how we treat our people internally. I really, that, that's super cool. So um, you are a marketing agency and you help people reach high performing marks and things like that. What kind of things do you do that helps your company stand apart from others? Sure. I would say uh, our process, which we call the impact with profit methodology is what differentiates us from other marketing agencies. Uh, the reason we created this approach was from my observations, me seeing it, other agencies, us partnering with agencies, is they weren't hitting on all three of these dimensions simultaneously. Um, the first one being having conscious creatives. So we're we as a, a company, our clients are appealing to a very specific type of demographic, and they respond much better to uplifting messaging, crisp design, awesome user experience. Uh, the second is rapid prototyping. So uh, in the digital world, it's not about just putting something up there and sitting back and relaxing. It takes uh, lots of A-B testing, lots of iterations to really figure out uh, what winning creative targeting is actually producing results for the organization. Uh, and lastly is uh, a connection of how marketing impacts a PL statement. Um, th- in, in digital, it's very clear if you spent this amount and this amount came back to you in revenue. And I saw a lot of marketing agencies and marketing professionals who weren't able to uh, connect the dots of how their work actually improved at organizations' uh, bottom line. And even right here on the homepage of your website, it talks about um, scaling your profits through paid ads. Um, you know, a lot of people I know are kind of down on paid ads these days. Is there something secret that you do that um, makes the paid ads work, or is it just um, you know, what 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 makes it work for you that hasn't been for some others? Sure. So, from my experience, well, there's a lot of reasons why paid ads aren't working uh, for someone. I'll give a few examples of what I've seen, uh, especially since iOS 14. 
the first one being your tracking infrastructure. Whatever Facebook reporting is not going to be the same as your CRM or your bank statement. So uh, it's really important to get UTM parameters set up to have a third-party tracking system to have offline conversions. That might be going a little bit too tech-oriented for right now, but essentially uh, tracking. Uh, the second is your creatives. Um, without being able to just retarget people to infinity on Facebook and across websites anymore, um, it's important to have captivating creatives that bring people in. So in a lot of ways, it's actually bringing you back a decade in the way advertising was uh, before these just crazy retargeting features were deployed uh, online. Um, I would say uh, the third would be understanding that advertising is getting people in the door to organization to get them on your email database to sell them a first product. Uh, and the LTV extends beyond that first transaction. So if you don't have a fully flushed out business model, um, it's going to make it hard for Facebook ads, for instance, to, to make sense because uh, you're trying to sell a $20 uh, I don't know, a $20 water bottle, and that's the only product in your business. Uh, I have a mirror bottle. This lasts me. I've had this same one for probably two years. Uh, I'm not coming back on a monthly basis for new transactions. So it might cost you $25 to acquire that customer. Uh, and if you have a $20 product, it makes no sense from a business model standpoint to continue on. But let's say the lifetime value of a customer is 100 because you have a well-built-out product suite uh, that makes a lot more sense for your business. That makes really good uh, basic marketing sense. So what kind of people do you like to work with? Our core market is working with online education companies. So we excel best when our clients are selling uh, courses, books, um, online events, in-person events, membership sites, uh, and high-end uh, coaching programs. Love that. Um, and, uh, you know, if somebody is wanting to get into that realm, but they haven't really gotten their courses out, do they need to have their courses all done before they come to you? Or do you have the way to help them be able to get their course material out there in the most effective way and stuff like that as well? We're the marketing machine. Uh, we're not the best company to help you uh, build your product stack. Okay, perfect. All right. Well, if somebody wants to go deeper with you than what we have time to talk about here on the show, how could a person get in contact with you? Sure. The The best place to go is our website, which is notypicalmoments.com. Um, we have some more info about us. Uh, we have our own podcast, actually, um, which is a good resource just to learn more about uh, our thoughts on marketing, too. I love that. Well, um, before you go, give us a uh, some words of encouragement. Inspire us why we need to have no typical moments in our life and in our business. Sure. So I'll relay it back to that program I said I'm involved in called uh, Build Your Life Resume and the giant calendar they, they send you as part of the program. And there's a concept with that one big goal a year that Jesse, um, well, he didn't create the term, but it's something that he's popularizing. You could say, and I'm going to butcher on it, but it's a Japanese term. And I think it's uh, misogi, which essentially means you do one big goal per year that has such a big impact on you that you can feel the energy for the next 12 months of your life. So for instance, for me, 
2023, that's going to be getting married. Um, and I would say it's so important to have these things, these events, these experiences uh, lined up on your calendar. And you could see if you continue this process for the next 20 years of your life, you could have 20 misogies to look back on uh, and remember and be really crystal clear about uh, what you achieved and accomplished and be really proud of that. And uh, I'm going to use Jesse's example again. I don't want to say like I'm I'm the one creating this kind of thought process, but it's what convinced me to do it is if you were to tell someone, uh, what did you do in June of 2014? Most people, unless something dramatic happened, uh, have no idea what happened that month. But through this calendar, I can look back on for years on end um, and be proud of all the things that I did that I might forget uh, actually went on in my life. I love that. Well, Andrew, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thanks, Steve. Big dreams, having big goals for yourself, reaching them, being the best you that you can be while it's called today to bring your best human into this world, being the best human that you can be in this world. What a great way to pass through every day living as a thriving entrepreneur. I want that for you. I want that for me. I want it for us all as we live each life, every moment, the best we can be. Let's listen to our next commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. <laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet, kind of feeling go to yourbestsellertoday.com schedule a talk with steve it's risk-free it's guaranteed it's proven we've done it thousands of times what are you waiting for yes yourbestsellertoday.com this time next week you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve reach the people that you came to serve come on now what are you waiting for grab a pen here we go all you got to do is book a call yourbestsellertoday.com go to yourbestsellertoday.com book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We've been talking about bringing, being, living as your best human in this world. And I really hope that you picked up some great tips and tricks. But before we go, I've got one more guest that's going to help you really learn how to tap in to the extraordinary that is you. So with that said, let's jump in to our last guest. Join me in welcoming Jennifer Morozik Sukalo. Hey, Jennifer, how are you doing today? I'm well. How are you, Steve? I'm doing really good. Thanks. Tell us first a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I'm a transformational expert and a performance coach, and I'm the creator of Swagger U, which stands for Swagger University, 
which is a personal development approach to helping people learn how to tap into what makes them unique and extraordinary and how to really use that to be at their best, perform at their best, and then live their best life. And Perfect. I spent the past probably 10 years as a global leadership consultant. So I worked with leaders all over the world from aspiring leaders all the way up to the C-suite of organizations. I've also had the privilege of working with cancer survivors and coaching them and helping them see cancer as the spark that creates the rest of their life. And through my work, not only in my own personal journey, but working with leaders and working with cancer survivors, I wanted to really bring this concept and this personal development work to everyday folks like you and me. Mm, I love that. And your book that's forthcoming is called Claim Your Swagger. Um, so let's first give people some basic definitions. How do you define swagger? The way that I like to talk about it is if you, we've all seen that person that just lights up the room when they walk in, or if you were at a restaurant and you saw somebody walk by and you would probably say to the waiter, can I have whatever they're having? They just have this quiet self-confidence and this, this inner self-assurance and there's just something about them that you're drawn to. And I like to help people think about that as swagger and really how that comes about is when you tap into who you are and you start being who you are and really embracing all that makes you unique and extraordinary. That's when your swagger really comes to life. So that's kind of how I like to talk about swagger. Mm, I love that. So what inspired you to write the book? Why did you decide now's the time to write my book? I have been thinking about writing this book for far too many years to count, really. It's embarrassing to think about that. But I finally decided that if I wanted to stop talking about it and start doing it, then I had to make some shifts in my life. And so that's when I actually quit my full-time job of being that leadership consultant and decided to just jump head in and say, this is what I'm doing and actually get the book written. So it's been in the works for a long time, but I think I needed to be at this place right now in my life to write the book that I was able to write. Mm, I love that. So you've taken all this experience that you've had working with all these leaders, big companies, all that kind of stuff, and tried to break it down into something for uh, you know, a person, regardless of what level that they're at. Um, here's a totally unfair question. What <laughs> is today, at least your favorite part of the book? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the chapter on gratitude. So swagger is an acronym and, and the book really guides people through the acronym. So it stands for self-worth, appreciation for your strengths and limitations, gratitude for your life experiences and how they've helped shape who you are, grounded in your core values, empowered to overcome your self-limiting beliefs, and renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. And I think the gratitude section really, because it, it talks about, we've all survived things in life, whether it is you know, cancer or COVID-19 or some other trauma in your life, or maybe you've just survived divorce or your kids are off to school and you don't know what to do with yourself now. Whatever it is that you've survived, 
This chapter really helps people unlock the power that we have in gratitude and helping you see these scars that we have and celebrating them, they become in Kintsuji pottery where they put the gold in the cracks of the pottery and they make it this piece of art. Gratitude becomes our gold. It's something that we can, once we find it, we're able to look back on these experiences and say, you know what? I don't wanna repeat it, but I know that I now have things or I can be grateful for things that wouldn't have happened had that experience, had I not had that experience. I think that was one of, that's probably one of my favorite chapters. Mm, I love that. Um, you talk about the, uh, you know, mending cracks with gold art mm. form. Um, so what do you do when you're cracked and you're on step one of beginning to try to find a way to mend that with gold and still find gratitude in that kind of initial shattered position? Yeah, it's a great question, Stephen. I think what happens is in my work with cancer survivors, I'll use this as an example, we have to be in the right place to actually start the mending process, if you will. So we have to get through with cancer survivors, their whole life becomes treatment and surviving treatment. It's not until they get to a place post-treatment, once they've survived, where they can actually free up the space to do some of this reflective work. So for some people, it might be that your experience right now is too raw to start the mending process. And it might be that you need to move through the grief or the, the actual allowing yourself to go through the experience first. And then once you get to a place where that's over, then you can start to look back and say, what is one thing that I have learned as a result of this experience? What's one thing that, how have I maybe grown or developed as a result of this experience? And those are opportunities and questions you can start asking yourself to then say, well, now I can be grateful for that, if that makes sense. It absolutely does. And thank you for giving us permission to be okay with the fact that sometimes we're not okay. A lot of times, you know, when people teach gratitude, they're like, it doesn't matter how horrible your life is, find somebody to be grateful for today. And it's like, yeah, I'm not really there today. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. And it's completely fair. You know, there are some days that perhaps the only thing you can find to actually be grateful for is the fact that you woke up. Like that's where we start. And, and that's okay. Because gratitude isn't about this false sense of positivity. And it's certainly not about comparing yourself to others saying, well, they have it much worse than I do, so I should be grateful. It's truly about finding appreciation for what you have right now today, wherever you are. And if you're not feeling that great, that's okay. That's okay. Mm, I appreciate that. So, um, and I so love the acronym and, and your definition of swagger, um, but how do you deal with the people who, you know, their swagger is a little bit more braggadocious and um, <laughs> conceited? Well, they're going to be out there. We know we've all seen them. We probably know some of them ourselves. And 
And that, and I think it's about not worrying so much about other people and starting to focus more on what we have control over, which is ourselves. I can't control anybody else. I can't control how anybody necessarily responds to me, but I can control how I choose to present myself to the world and how I choose to be and how I choose to react, how I choose to see my circumstances and myself. So I think it's much more about letting go of what other people are seeing or doing and more about really tapping into who we are and who we can be. I love that. that that's really good. So um, tell us a little bit specifically about your book. Um, you know, what do you hope that when we're done reading it, we take away from it? So my hope is, well, with anything, you can't just read something and create change. So with e within the book, each chapter has specific activities and things to go and do because you have to start doing something in order to actually make a shift in your life or in who you are. And so my desire is that people just jump into the book, that they get to know me a little bit in the process, that they allow me to guide them on this journey. And that in the process of going through the book that they will discover who they really, what their potential is, be able to unlock that potential and step into who they were meant to be, who they were born to be. And uh, I'm assuming that the book, which by the way is called Claim Your Swagger, um, can be purchased on Amazon and all of the normal places you get books? Absolutely. So it's available for pre-order right now, wherever you buy your books. The official launch date is May 30th, uh, but it is available right now for pre-order. We've already gotten some, some nice uh, early praise for the book for some, some various folks out in the industry. So it's really exciting to see this kind of coming out into the world. My desire is that it has a positive impact on people and that we start a swagger movement, that people start really stepping into themselves and embracing the beauty and the extraordinary aspects of who they are. Mm, I love that. So for somebody who just can't wait, they need to work with you, how could they get in contact with you? They can reach me uh, through social media. I am on Instagram and Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, as well as TikTok. Uh, they can also do follow. I think uh, there's a link tree forward slash swagger you. And through that link, you can get in contact with me. You can take a swagger quiz to see how much you kind of know about yourself right now and how you view your life. And they can also sign up for my Swagger Sense newsletter. So there's various things as well as pre-order the book. So there's options there on that link for them. So that's a link tree forward slash Swagger U. I love that so much. So before you go, uh, leave us with some words of encouragement. One of the things that I think is lacking um, is belief. And oftentimes, I know this for myself, we look outward for people to believe in us and that's the catalyst we need. And what I'm encouraging everybody out there listening right now is to start believing in yourself. You don't need somebody else to believe in you to do what you wanna do or to be who you wanna be. You already have everything you need. 
You just have to start believing in yourself and recognizing that you're worth it and you already deserve it. That's awesome. Well, Jennifer, thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You are extraordinary. I hope you know that because it's so true. You are an amazing human and you need to bring your best human into this world to be the best human you can be in this world, to live as a thriving entrepreneur, doing what you do every day, being who you are in every way, just to simply make the world a better place because you show up today as you. You do the best that you can do today and then you move on into tomorrow with all of the best intentions of tomorrow being a good day too. We don't drag yesterday in with us. We allow it to be erased, to be forgiven, to be relegated to the past and live today. We don't live our lives anxious or only focused on tomorrow, but simply we do today what can bring about the tomorrow that is the best that we want for tomorrow and be able to live through today that at the end of the day, when we lay our head on the pillow, we can say to ourselves, I was the best me that I could be today. I was the best human in this world today. That's all we can handle is just today to be the best us, who we are, where we are with what we do today. Do you know how to bring your best human into this world? I know you do. I know you're amazing. As I tell you every week, you are uniquely brilliant. You were created for a purpose and the world needs you. Thank you so much for showing up as who you are for being your best human in the world today, to allow tomorrow to take care of itself, to let yesterday be forgiven and forgotten and moved on from, and really truly live and thrive. Because that's what we want for you, is to live every day of your life as a thriving entrepreneur, being the best human that you can be in the world. That's all. I know, I say it like it's so simple, but whatever yesterday brought, whatever five minutes ago brought, let it go and move on to the focus of just simply being the best you that you can be in this world today. Be a human being full of faults and failures, but thriving in everything that you do. Thanks for listening to us today. I hope that in everything you do, you live as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. who's on a mission stand out with your brand out (laughs) check this out guys
Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.